existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice Hey, dum-dums, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And we have returning guest... Hi, David Schneider. Our hey. Hollywood insider. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for you if I'm your Hollywood insider. <laughs> well, uh, people feel... You could should... do a lot better than me, I'm sure. People should feel bad for us just in general anyway, so it's all right. Uh, this week, we're doing, Pat... Death Wish versus John Wick. All right, definitely. Continue a series where John forces me to watch uncomfortable rape scenes because he gets kicks out of it. I had no idea there was a rape scene, and I mean, I probably could have guessed, uh, but I had no idea. Death Wish, 1974. Um, one, the one thing I want to say about Death Wish uh, that's positive was I was very surprised at how good the cinematography was on this movie. It looked really good, I thought. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I thought the colors were good. I thought a lot of the shots were I mean, framed well. Yeah, yeah, I, it yeah, it, it was it's a very dirty film. Yes. But you know, that's obviously intentional. It's it's capturing a very dirty world, so I guess they captured that. I don't know. I just I felt like it was very a little bland. Really? I thought like when uh at the very beginning when he's on the beach with his wife, I thought the colors were really vibrant and stuff. I wasn't expecting I was expecting just your your usual uh, shitty 70s, grainy, like, B-movie yeah. shots. And there, yeah. were, there were a lot of shots that were where I noticed the framing and stuff. So I was like, oh, at least I got a cinematographer who knew what he was doing. All right. And that's about it. Uh, what, what did you guys think <laughs> of it? You know, it's, I, I had – I could have sworn I had seen this movie when I was much younger. I mean, it, it was – like, when you guys asked me to do it, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that. I know I saw it. I'll rewatch it to remind myself. But I watched it, and I have—I had no memory of any of this at all. I, none of it rang a bell. I must have—I must have seen one of the even worse sequels at some point, and that just registered. Yeah, I feel like this—I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I feel like the sequels must not be worse. I bet. How could, because, how could they? How could they? How could they be uh, better? Well, I—I I just feel like after they did this one, they just maybe they went all in with being a bad. It felt like this movie had delusions of 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 having a conversation. Like it wasn't just a B movie that well, in, in like the mind of some of the people. But I, I feel like the sequels were all just gratuitous violence. Well, to, no, to that, to that point. Um, and again, I, I don't remember any of the sequels per se, but like I said, it's probably what I saw when I was a kid, but this film was, was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, which yes. is, you know, kind of like, yeah, it could be okay. It could be pretty good. Apparently after this one, the, the rights to, and the, the future death wish movies were, were made by Canon so oh. you know all those were just like the <laughs> bottom of the barrel crap. I didn't know Canon was around that long ago. I always think of them well, as the like first, in the 80s. Yeah, the first sequel didn't come to like 82 or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. If we... Yeah, it, yep. uh, well, yeah, it was it was it was it had all kinds of delusions this movie, Pat, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it, this was like a a Republican wet dream type movie. For, yes. It, it was basically like that old saying, like, um, um, a liberal, a liberal's a conservative who hasn't been mugged yet or something. And they like took that. They're like, oh, that's let's make a movie on that little saying. Because and to be fair, you know, 
the New York City in the seventies was a shithole and crime was was insane. Yes. So you can kind of imagine even fairly liberal people were probably getting a little sick of it. And you know, this you can see how this might have been like a bit of a fantasy kind of, you know yeah, what I would like to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like up until like um when was um the subway vigilante. Oh yeah, Bernie Getz. That was Bernie Getz. That was like in early eighties, right? So even up to then. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, that guy was like almost a folk hero. I I know. I I meant to look him up after this because I don't remember if he got convicted or not. Um, I think yeah, I think he did on a couple of the charges, but, but not as much as you'd expect. No. I, yeah. M- more than Charles Bronson did in this movie, though. That's true. Yeah, he got. He, they let him go. There is all sorts of convoluted reasons for that. And Christopher <laughs> Guest was the the one who saved the day for Charles Bronson. That was the best part of the movie. All these little, not cameos, because a lot of these people were like, they just weren't known yet. But right, right. Paul Dooley, I love Paul Dooley showing up in a, in a yes. little role. Yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, Grandpa Munster was, that was probably a cameo, because he was known by this point. But he was like. Oh, I didn't catch him. I didn't either. He was in Al one Lewis? The, yeah, Lewis. He was like in one of the, I think it was towards the end. The, the cop, the police sergeant, goes in and asks, hey, is you know, so-and-so here? And it's, it's Al Lewis who was saying, oh, he just left. Oh, I didn't <laughs> catch that one. But Paul Dooley, his voice is so recognizable. And, and his face. I mean, it's, I, saw, I actually yeah. saw him stand up recently, Paul Dooley. Really? He, he just looks like, an, and it, like, it was like one of, he's like, he's just getting into trying to do stand-up. It's like nothing he's ever done before. And it was all like, it was all jokes about how, how old he is. It was actually pretty funny. But he's got that same face. It's just an older version of that same kind of droopy dog face. Paul Dooley is doing stand-up? Yep. Oh, I got to get That's on awesome. that. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the the biggest cameo was uh, Jeff Goldblum. Probably also not a cameo at that point. That was his first Yeah, Well, yeah, it wasn't, wouldn't be a cameo. So was, yeah, it was his, I guess it was his first role. Yeah. Don't jive me, The Jughead hat? Yeah. The, <laughs> he had the cartoon Jughead hat. Did, I, I gotta, I gotta wonder. Even in, in the seventies, did, did, did nobody like, ever wore that hat? Ones, would they actually wear that hat? No, nobody at any point in history ever wore that. Only in comics. So basically, the the, the costume designer was was looking to Archie Andrews for for inspiration. Yeah, that's where he thought the he was like looking to teen culture, and you know, that's where he thought the tough. Charles Bronson out. had to put his foot down when they tried to cut his hair into the Archie Andrews haircut. Mm. I don't like that shit inside of my head. I th- yeah, I think there's going to, like, you know, people talk about Keanu being a bad actor and stuff, uh, which we'll talk about Keanu in the next segment, but Charles Bronson's a really bad actor. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he ever got into... F- he, I, am I wrong? Did he start in, like, Westerns or something in the 60s, maybe? TV. Yeah, he had, uh, I forget what TV show, but one of those TV shows, yeah. And like, I think he did some of those spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. And he's not, I mean, I'm not not a very good judge of handsome men or not, but he doesn't strike me as someone who's like, like a matinee idol looks. No. So yeah, it's really weird. I don't get it at all. Well, John talks a lot, a lot about how in the seventies you didn't have to be good looking to be in movies. And I think Charles Brown music example of this. Yeah. Yeah. He's a perfect example. And apparently you didn't have to know how to act. Um, so it's, if anybody cares, the movie is about, um, Charles Bronson is an architect, which is as believable as Denise Richards being a physicist. And uh, wait, no, he's like an engineer, right? Like a, it doesn't matter. 
No, he's an architect. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I like that because uh, this was based on a book, on a novel. And I guess in the novel, the, the character was uh, an accountant. And they felt like that was not quite butch enough for Charles Bronson. So <laughs> they made him an architect. Yeah. But they also also felt like whatever the name, well, I don't remember the name from the novel, but that name wasn't didn't fit Charles Bronson either. So they had to change the name too, which doesn't make any sense. But what do I know? This made millions of dollars. Yeah. And plenty of sequels from canon films uh yeah but so his he's a bleeding heart liberal that's what one of his colleagues calls him at one point and uh but then his uh his wife gets attacked in their apartment his wife and daughter um Mm -hmm. by jeff goldblum and his crew of thugs who follow them from the grocery store and his wife ends up dying so charles bronson just uh starts going on a killing spree Wait, his wife ends up dying, and his daughter goes into oh, a yeah. catatonic state because she was sexually assaulted. Yes. Because uh, she had her, her, her butt spray-painted. Yes. Well, and Jeff Goldblum also did uh, sexually assault her for, like, a minute. So, yeah, there. I know. I didn't know there'd be a rape scene, Pat. I apologize. But that was all the rage in the 70s, apparently. The other, shit, the other movie was from the 80s. I know. I was just thinking of Roman Polanski. But I guess that wasn't an actual movie. Um, Do we talk about that Roman Polanski before, Pat? Like all these, all these like Hollywood celebs who like signed a petition to let him come back to the U.S. It was very disappointing. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah I don't get it. It was like people like Scorsese and the Coen Brothers and like Coen all these brothers. people, and you're like, ah, oh, why? David signed it, I, I believe. David, yeah, I think you signed it, David. Mm, no comment. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the whole gist of the story. Yeah, it, there really is. There literally is nothing beyond that. The the the, the commissioner or police kind of becomes a character. Like, is, is he trying to hunt this guy down? Is he is he not? Yeah. There's just not much. There's not much plot. No. This is what we're trying to say. And everything that does happen doesn't really matter. So there's this big manhunt by the cops, and the cops don't actually don't actually want to catch him. So <laughs> everything no, because, they do is, is pointless. Because muggings are down, man. And, uh, you know, the little old lady from 227 stopped uh, some muggers <laughs> with a hat pin. It was on the news. The other great thing about this movie is how many how many plot points are put across by newspaper headlines or magazine covers. I thought it was the entire movie. Hilarious. Like, <laughs> That's... front page news, like, some criminal was killed. <laughs> we don't know who did it in New York in and the 70s. They... That's going to be a yeah. big headline. Everybody's very be- concerned about this ex-con who's who was murdered. Yeah. When he becomes the vigilante, every every cover is just vigilante, 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 and he has a whole collection in his apartment. The other absurd thing is the conversations between the son-in-law and Charles Bronson, where the son-in-law uses the uses the name Dad pretty much every sentence. Yeah, I know, and he's just a son-in-law. Yes, he does. Dad, no, dad. Not that he's not that he's a son-in-law. Just the, the amount of times he says "dad" is is distracting. He's like, "Why? Why aren't you going to visit? Uh, what's her name? Dad? Blah blah blah. Dad. Blah blah blah. Dad. Come on." They just had to reinforce the relationship, I guess. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, but Charles Bronson, I I guess, was like just a a magnet for criminals for some reason. Yeah, he would go out and and. I mean, I guess he was. I guess the idea was he was trying to use himself as a plan, so he'd like flash his money a little bit. But it's like everywhere he went, he just managed to to attract yeah the but, mugger. 
Right, because a lot of the times it wasn't him even flashing his money. He's just walking down the street or walking to the subway or whatever. Especially the first time when he he doesn't seem like he's sure he's going to become a vigilante, where he just is walking along the water thinking of his wife, and there he is. I like the the the, the really weirdo scenes where he goes to Tucson, and the the developer there is this like super cowboy guy who wants to build on the hills the, the whole that another unnecessary part of the movie Did but it, i like those scenes because the guy who plays the, the land developer is from is from rockford files and his character is much different on the rockford files yeah but that yeah what? that didn't even need to be in there like when the the developer is like if you ever want to come back to uh tucson or wherever the fuck he is um you're welcome here after taking him to the gun range and then at the at the end when uh spoiler the cops tell him to get out of town i was like oh he's gonna go back to tucson but no he goes to chicago i think the last scene of the movie might be the worst i mean it's not a good movie and i have not much positive to say if anything but the last scene might be the worst where he's in chicago and he's helping the woman pick up her bags and he he does the little gun thing to the to the just a little wink wink to the audience that yeah he's not done yet yeah does a little (laughs) i I mean the, the Tucson scenes, I, I mean, I, I get why they were there. Yes, they seemed unnecessary, but I think it was to show that they seemed to, there was this Western theme throughout, you know, the right. whole, you know, do I need to be out by, you know, sun, sun, by noon or sunfall, whatever he or, says. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was just to show that, like, you know, it's, you know, we do things differently here, out here in the West, you know, that, that whole West ju- justice and. Yeah, that's true. And there was also that was the opportunity for the exposition on his father being a hunter and why he could shoot and blah blah blah, since he was yeah. a conscientious yeah. objector during the Korean War. But he saw the errors of his ways. He's no longer a bleeding heart liberal, because they're all silly. Yeah, yeah, and so he just walks around with a gun and shoots people shoots in people. cold blood. No, so in thinking of revenge movies, which this is kind of sort of one, but not really. He doesn't get revenge. He just no. kills people. So that, that was, I expected it to be where he's like hunting down Jeff Goldblum's character, but no, that he does his crime and just, uh, Charles Bronson just, just, just decides to kill every other criminal. I'm surprised there wasn't a scene where he was just shooting up great spray painters. I was, yeah, I was waiting for Jeff Goldblum to come back, but nope. Yeah, it was more of a philosophical revenge, I guess. Just re- revenge against the idea of criminals. Mm hmm. Which, I, I don't know, I could see, I could see in some way, like if your wife was killed in a mugging, how you would then take that to all muggers if you wanted to go get revenge, but... Yeah, thematically, it's not, you know, it's not the worst idea in the world, I, you know, you, you can see, everybody, hey, everybody likes a revenge film, you know, it's, it's, it's a justifiable plot device. Yeah. It's just I not just very feel well like, done. Yeah, it's executed. A revenge film where... The, they're actually revenge, have, exacting revenge on the people who did the crimes. That has a more visceral reaction, and yeah, this one is yeah. not. In other ways, isn't isn't as good either. Yeah, yeah, no. Th- well, this is just not good. I mean, there's, it's it's kind of str- like you said, David. I think it had to do with the times uh, and what was going on in New York City uh, that that kind of explained why this was a hit because it wasn't good. And there was this. this there's two movies that I think I was thinking of when I watched this. Two much, much better movies. One is Dirty Harry, and the other is Taxi Driver, for different reasons, but similar reasons, because one of the themes in the 70s was crime everywhere. And I guess Dirty Harry set in L.A., but it's the same idea where... Oh, it's San Francisco. Co- let's, get, let's get it right. Uh, 
Sorry. <laughs> Where a cop has had enough with, with following the rules and he wants to, to shut things down. But it's, I think that's a good movie and this is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I go as far as saying Dirty, well, Dirty Harry is definitely better than this. It's another like kind of very right wing I think Pauline Kael famously called it fascist, but she probably had right, can Death Wish. You yet. can have, you can have a right wing movie that's still good. It's just, that's, this, no, that's Death true. Wish is not good. Yeah, everybody remembers the scene of uh, Dirty Harry in the uh, football stadium or the baseball stadium with the dude at the end. Um. Yeah, no, you're right. The, well, those well, Taxi Driver is obviously a much much better movie, and maybe what we should but, have done against John Wick. Um, but it's not necessarily a full-on revenge movie. No, what, I wasn't thinking of revenge with Taxi Driver. With Taxi Driver, in Death Wish, New York City is a character in the movie, but it's not as well-developed as a, of a character in the movie as it is in Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Taxi Driver is basically about New York City. I mean, Death Wish wants it to be about New York City at this specific time, but it's really not. It's, mm-hmm. it's about Charles Bronson and... His uh, small penis. Which was another thing brought up in the film. That was one of the only things I liked, too. Um, when the the weird the weirdo from uh, Tucson says that, like, you think these are just extensions of our penises, these guns, you liberals. I was like, yep. That is what I think. Uh, and, it's a nice present, though, giving someone a gun. Yeah, I know. Making, I love... sure, you're not, making sure you're checking the bag in first. Yeah. You're checking this, right? Checking that bag, right? All right, well, here's a gun to go... Th- go through the airport um yeah and he also had the uh the cow horn not cow horns like the steer horns on his car uh, and the fabric of his seats were cowhide cow. of course yeah yeah definitely no uh stereotypes going on in this movie the the acting in the the wild west show out there was pretty much as good as the acting in the actual movie oh so. yeah i agree <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, th- I think that was a statement by the director. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, Charles Bronson was terrible. I don't know that everybody else in the movie was terrible. The I did like, and I always like, I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time, but the police guy, what's it, Vince? I can't remember his name. Vince Neal. Uh, Vince, yeah, Vince Neal. They, he, he did a good job. Oh, uh, uh, Gardenia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the captain. He yeah, he's always good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this movie is not worth anybody's time. Uh, do we even want to talk about it anymore? You guys got anything else to say, or should we? There is uh, in doing some research. There is a rumor that one of the uncredited muggers in one of the scenes is Denzel Washington, although it is apparently a an unconfirmed rumor. Man, I feel like I would have noticed that. I did notice Washington from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter was a mugger. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, big time. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I read the same thing. It's it's weird that nobody can get the one one link was like it looks like him, but we don't think it's him. And other links are like it's him. So who knows? And nobody, every, every, everyone is afraid to ask him. <laughs> I'm not. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> I would be. Denzel. So the, another another interesting. I don't know if it's interesting fact is Sylvester Stallone wanted to do a remake of it, and he wanted the the main character to be a, a good cop. Who uh, never used his gun, but then his wife got attacked, and he, he wanted to start using his gun. But that never happened. But now they're starting a. And apparently, they're actually starting a remake starring Bruce Willis. Yeah, that got announced earlier this year. So, That's a shame. who knows? 
It's Sylvester Stallone's so weird. I think we've talked about him before too. He's like really anti-gun in real life. Uh, but he does all. It is weird to be anti-gun. I agree. In this, in Obama's America, it is. Anyway, soon to be Trump's America. Anyway, I, I hated this movie. Um, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, I I don't even know if it didn't even it wasn't even didn't even get me passionate enough to hate it. It was just like ugh, to be. Honest. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a bit of a slog getting through it because it just wasn't. Again, it's I mean I I think we're all we're all fairly liberal I'd say, but it wasn't even like it wasn't an, out of any kind of like, oh, this isn't for me. This is, you know, making me angry or anything. It's making me look silly. It's just, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with violence in movies. It's just, it just wasn't very good. No, it just yeah. was. It was basically like the Flintstones running through the same background over and over. Like that's what, yes, that's, that's what it was. It was that in movie in like scene form. Is just Charles Bronson shooting muggers over and over and over. So, it is always kind of interesting seeing set the, New York in the seventies, though. I mean, cause it was I such do a love weird. It ugly place and it's it's beautiful in its ugliness yes i i agree <laughs> i love seeing i'll watch new york in the 70s in anything no matter how bad it is um but i would not want to live in new york in the 70s yeah were you were either guys ever in new york in the 70s nope i didn't even uh 90s was the first time i went pat 80s 80s so yeah, you, i was there in the 70s i was very young but i remember my mother tells a story about me being like getting on the subway and my eyes darting back and forth and just being like clearly terrified because i'd heard so much about new york and my my mother's telling me this story fairly recently i'm like well did you see new york in the 70s i had reason as, a, as an eight-year-old to be fucking terrified <laughs> well i we went on a oh it must have been this was 90s so like a 10th grade trip to new york and one of the kids got mugged so it hadn't been cleaned wow. up yet yeah i remember a thing in the 80s i don't remember what it, it might have i might have seen on the news or something where there were saying um if you're gonna go to new york as a tourist carry two wallets one for the muggers and then one for yourself <laughs> so yeah it was interesting um thank god giuliani saved the world Mm-hmm. but uh let's take a break we'll talk about wait i just why do you guys think this became is it because it was so shocking i mean why did this this was very much a phenomenon this movie I think this was one of the first movies of its time. I mean, I think there were revenge movies before this, but I think this was one of the first where it was just pure every man going out and living out the fantasy of killing criminals, taking yeah. the law into their own hands. And I think it just it caught the like if you'd made that movie, if if that movie was made now as it is with nothing else to precede it, I don't think it would it would do what it did, but I think it just caught – it was the right thing at the right time that it became a cold classic. I think Because it was so. reviewed terribly, wasn't it? I mean, it, I, yeah. I think it got – Terrible reviews, yeah. Yeah, no, it did. And, yeah, I think you're right, David. And it was probably the first, like, big-budget revenge movie. There might have been, like – I don't know when, like, all that shit started. I know it started in the 70s, like, I Spit on Your Grave and all that. But that was later than 74. Yeah. Um, Switchblade Sisters. Um I was pleasantly surprised it wasn't as racist as I expected. I know me, me either. They even brought up race at one point in it, because um, the first night he's walking, he passed by a black dude who lights his cigarette. I'm like, ah, oh, man, come on! But then it was a white dude who attacked him. Yeah, the the, the black guy was just lighting a cigarette. Yep. He wasn't doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's... It was 
Yeah. I'm glad I saw it, so I can know never to see it again. But that's about it. Or any of its sequels, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with you. All, all the sequels I need to watch because I need to see how it ends. Oh, that's true. Maybe he. I just. What, well, there were a couple other things actually. The cops just break into his apartment without a warrant, right? Am I correct yeah, on that? Yes, that uh, that really that really took me for for a loop as well. Was, yeah, I was, it was uh, very strange. I was like, well, what are you going to do with? With the information. Anything you find in here. Right. It's all going to be inadmissible. <laughs> We've all watched too much Law and Order, but. There's never too much Law and Order. <laughs> as uh, long as it's not SVU. Yeah, I was going to say, there's way too much SVU for sure. Um, Did, uh, fair enough. Yeah, Pat? I forget, I forget, I forget what I was going to ask. Good one. Oh, then I was reading that the guy who wrote the novel this was based on was not happy about the movie. He was not happy about the vigilante being an actual hero in the movie. So he wrote a sequel that that eviscerates vigilanteism. So, mm-hmm. oh, that's that cool. Was... Yeah, well, the I... author Brian Brian Garfield, right? Sure. He hates. I looked him up. He's 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 no relation to the cat. I looked he, it up. He does hate Mondays though, and he loves lasagna. True, but still. Um, Who among us doesn't love lasagna and hate Mondays? And the well, we we didn't really go into it, but they they decide not to actually uh, prosecute him or arrest him because muggings are down, basically, right? So they're like, well, it's good for the city. Just let's get him out of town. Um, well, wasn't it up until the he? It seems like the the commissioner, the police guy, is like very much going after him up until he has that meeting with the. Was it the, the district attorney? Yeah, and then he's like, eh, yeah. okay, whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So is this new one? I, yeah, I don't even get it. The, the one with Bruce, Will, Bruce Willis is going to be set in like Somalia or something. What are they going to do with it? Does anybody know? Baltimore. Well, oh, could be Baltimore. Could be Oakland. Could be Oakland. Yeah. Huh? All right. No, I don't know. I, I had not heard. I don't know if that that detail has been. It's not going to work in Manhattan. I know that. No. I could just set it in the seventies. That's true. All right, enough of this falderall. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back with a different movie. We'll be right Sounds back. Sounds good. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he. Tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations Good vibrations Van Dyke Parks Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing The Reformation Transubstantiation Brian Stucker's creation The land of the Thracians And right back all right, we're back with a much, much, much better movie, in my opinion. John, you're Wick. assuming we all agree. Yes, I, I am, but I, that's why I added in my opinion. All right, fair enough. John Wick, 2014, and this is how you do this is how you do a revenge movie. In my in my neck of the woods. In your opinion, in my... I really wish I, I really wish I disliked this movie. Yeah, no, it's a great film. I love this film. It's it's awesome from start to finish. I think 
It's not perfect, uh, but it's 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 very good. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's ex- for for what it is, it's probably the best of its genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it looks great throughout. I mean, it's just it's beautifully beautifully shot. Yeah, and again, you know, we all know Keanu's acting range, and I have no problem with it. I know a lot of people can't stand him, but um, he's. I don't know why they can't stand him. Maybe there's roles I haven't seen where he tries to go beyond his what he can do, but he, everything I've seen him in, he's perfect for what they're asking him to do. He's perfect in this. I thought he, he ranged from like that early scene at the, at the funeral where he's talking to William Defoe. I thought he was, I mean, I guess the idea was he was supposed to be very emotional. He's he's just buried his wife, but it all all felt very wooden. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. his delivery. But there are other scenes in the, a lot of other scenes in this film where I, yeah, I thought he was, he was perfect. He did a great job. Yeah. And he's by all accounts, a very nice human being. And uh, kind of a philanthropist, so I, I'll give him a pass. He's he definitely uh, streets ahead of Charles Bronson. Um, I could here's a bit of of I don't know if I should be saying this. Oh well, fuck it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you called me your Hollywood insider earlier. Here is a small. I'm really not, but here is a small small Hollywood inside tidbit. And this has probably changed because we're talking you know eleven twelve more years ago now um, when we had written a script that was purchased and was being produced and was going around to actors uh, it went to Keanu it went to his management and they thought he might be interested in in being in it but before they would give him the script we had to remove all the curse words what that's what we were told he has to have cussed in movies now I'm trying to think I, I'm assuming he has, and I'm assuming that's probably changed since then. Maybe it was just his management being weird. I don't know. I'm not putting anything on him personally. What we were told by his management that we had a we had to edit our script to take out all the curse words before he would get it. So did <laughs> did you then like send it to him with like three times more curse words? Because that's what I would have done. Hell no! If you could, can you imagine what he would have done for our careers? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I wouldn't be on your podcast right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why I'm not in Hollywood as well. Um, yeah, no, well, it doesn't. Oh, golly. <laughs> wow, that's that's insane. Oh, well, I don't know. I guess when, when you're Keanu, you can do that. Why yeah, not? I, that story does not make me like him any less. Nope, me either. <laughs> even, if, even if it was him specifically asking, I, I still like him. Yeah, I still like him, too. He's likable. That's why he keeps getting movies. It's definitely not for his acting skills, and again, who cares? Um, he, yeah, I'm with you, Pat. Like, I haven't seen like the Buddha movie. I don't know if he's really tried to, or or the Shakespeare. Didn't he do a Shakespeare movie? So I don't know how. Yeah, but he, did he, it, didn't he play a character? I didn't see the Shakespeare movie, but I thought he played a dumb character, so it fit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I, either. I, I don't even think he's I dumb. I think he's just I, I not don't, I don't, uh, more wooden of an actor, like like David. I don't think it's the friendliness that gets him. Just the friendliness. He's also I mean, I don't know good looking either, but I think Keanu Reeves is very good looking. Yeah, there. I mean, there are certain people, certain actors, people who are just personable, and when they walk into a room, even on even on screen, it just they're they're just charismatic. Yeah, and he's you got want, that. You want to look at them. Yeah, he's yeah, got that charm. Definitely got yeah. that screen charisma for sure. Um, but this movie, I the first time I saw it, what I really loved was uh, it starts with him like bleeding out basically and he's like watching a video of his wife um 
who is dead and and so i thought it was going to be a revenge movie about his wife but they go through that pretty quickly that his wife died of something we don't really know what probably cancer um and it has to do with he's getting revenge because he killed his dog which i thought was really awesome I like that because it, it takes it out because, like you said, the assumption is, oh, it's his family. You know, how many times have we seen that? Right. That it's it, it kind of is, but not directly. It's right. Like a, right. A, a, it's a it's his wife by proxy. Yeah. Exactly. Which is, I thought was really sweet. It was really a nice way of doing it, but doing it differently. And honestly, they they didn't have any reason to kill that dog. No, just to shut it up. Well, they didn't have any reason to do anything. Oh, that's true. That was that was a that was a bitch in car too. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> they were, they were perfect villains. They were. Alfie Allen, he, he's always, he just, he's a great villain. Game of Thrones, dude, yeah, and Lily Allen's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- w- was he the son? What? Yeah, he was, he yeah, was the, the main son. Yeah. bad guy. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, and so it's a revenge movie about Keanu getting revenge on these guys for killing his dog. Um, you learn, you learn that John Wick was a badass assassin at one point, and so, uh, they wanted man. The Boogeyman in Russia. Well, that, that reminds me of one of the things I love about the movie, the, the, the fun they have with subtitles. Oh, yeah, I know. It was great, the the way they even, even the fonts they use and stuff, yeah. Exactly. The first time it showed up, I was like, is this an ad? And I'm like, oh, no, this is just fun subtitles. And they weren't all just at the bottom. Even the placement of them was really unique. Yeah. they'd be at right. the side sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's they he runs into these fools at a gas station and uh they want his car they want to buy his car and he says no and uh they follow him what what is it everybody's got a price bitch the guy says to him in russian and then keanu responds in russian not this bitch so they follow mm-hmm. him home and beat him and kill his dog and steal his car and that sets the whole chain of events in motion and after that it's a straight up revenge movie with awesome uh fight scenes yeah the choreography this- of the fight scenes was worse fantastic and this weird criminal subculture where there's a hotel where where no crimes can happen to the people who stay at the hotel and everything's paid with these with awesome little gold coins. Yeah, that, like, I think, may have been my favorite part of the whole movie. They said that subculture world that they created. Yeah, and and uh, two people from The Wire are in that mm-hmm. hotel, which is great. Always great for mm-hmm. fans of The Wire. Um no, I know Although, that... one thing about the uh, the coins. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was, oh. The the coins. I I love that concept, but I find that very interesting. Like one coin will either buy you the disposal of a corpse, or <laughs> gain you admittance into a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> well, admittance into an, a a very very exclusive nightclub. So point taken. Yeah, six of one, half a dozen of the other. And also, you got to wonder, like. Obviously, these these assassins are not really. They can't be getting paid for their jobs in these because these things are useless to buy goods and services outside this world. This hotel, they yeah. must be getting paid, right? So, where do they get these coins from? Is it like a tip onto a job? Do you like get paid in million dollars plus a plus coin? coin. I, I would imagine that's how it works. Uh, I don't know. But they're whatever. However, you get them, they're important enough for Perkins to take it out of the guy's the guy's pocket after she kills him. That's true. Well, corpse removal is not a fun business, Pat. When he, uh, when when Keanu picks up the car he he received for troubles at the at the Cosmopolitan or what was the name of the Continental, Continental, he tips the he tips the guy who drove the car out. And I'm just wondering, did he tip him with regular money or did the valet get a gold coin? Uh, assassin money. 
<laughs> oh, maybe yeah, maybe why can't the valet Sassin. go to a nightclub for once? <laughs> I think they're I think they're called assassin bucks. <laughs> no, I love yeah, I love that too. That was like the one concept that was uh, really original, whereas the rest of it was more just visually original. I feel like. Um, I didn't know there was a name for it, but I guess it happens in, in movies from Hong Kong a lot. The the fight scenes where he's he's using martial arts and the gun at the same time, and they call it gun fu. That was really cool. Oh, it was so well choreographed in this, yeah. Hmm? David, were you going to say something? Sorry. Nope, I was not going to say anything. Yeah, it's just, it's so fun just to watch. Like, you don't, you could probably, I bet you could watch this with the sound off and pretty much get it. Yeah, it's one of those films that's just so beautiful that every every shot is is just perfectly composed. It's just every shot's a picture. And I didn't look too deeply into it, but apparently the the director is started as a stuntman. And I don't know if this is his first movie, but I know it's his first big movie. And he was really good. I mean, it was really well directed. I've seen other movies that were directed by former stuntmen that were not as good. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, this guy must have been like a first class stuntman. Uh, he he definitely got. I mean, there was no problem with any of that, any of the action sequences for sure. Um, and I don't know. You said there are. It's not a perfect film, David. What did you did you have any problems with it? Uh, a couple. One, st- a couple structural problems. One, and this again, these are not huge problems. I still think this was a fantastic film, one of the best films of that year. Um, you know, obviously the main thrust of the movie was killing the son for revenge. And that happens by the end of the second act. So there's still this whole third act. And I felt like after the Alfie Allen character died, I felt like it just got kind of muddled. Like, yeah, he's still going after like the big bad guy, but it just, it lost its, to me, it, it kind of lost its momentum a little bit and just got a little uh, bleh, I guess. I- I agree a little bit, especially because it, the culmination with the fight with the big boss, I thought was dumb. I agree, but here's where, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but here's one thing I did like about that. One of my pet peeves in movies like this is always, you got the you know the main villain who is like the guy in the suit, and he's the guy sitting behind the desk, and he sits around all day while he's got all these huge henchmen guarding him, and the, the, our hero fights through you know all these big battles all through all the henchmen to finally get to you know this, the, the main villain who's, who's just this guy, rich guy in a suit. And then it turns out the rich guy in the suit is the biggest, baddest fighter of them all. And I get why they do that in most movies. It needs to build up to something. And right. you know he's your, if it was a video game, this, he's got to be your boss character. So he's got to be the biggest threat. But I liked in this one where he, we finally get to that moment. And that guy really was a t- not a good fighter, and he just he managed to pull out a knife. He had to get but... a knife out, yeah. So I did like that, but I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying overall. See, I didn't mind the I didn't mind the last scene, I, uh, the last fight scene. I know what you mean about after he kills uh, the son, then it's kind of it kind of loses steam because that's that's the real revenge. Like that's what he needed. Um, but I mean, this is a secondary revenge because he's he's killing the big boss because he killed Marcus. But still, it's not it yeah. doesn't have this. And I I would have enjoyed it a lot more if they didn't go through this drawn out fight with the knife and he just shot him and just said fuck you. Yeah, yeah. No, no guns. Yeah. Well, I guess so. But I still there were still good sequences in that last scene too, like the smashing him with the car. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I just think the very last fight scene was unnecessary. Yeah. But no, there was there was awesome fight. The, bits there's the bit with the guy from 30 rock whose name i always forget where he's he's guy he, he Dennis, a, yeah 
Yeah, he starts shooting, and it's, it's he just gets him with the car. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah again, these Dean are very... Winners. Dean Winners, yeah. These Sorry. are minor, minor nitpicks. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the other one is... And I love the character of Ms. Perkins. I thought that was really interesting. But it, it felt like there were like missing scenes with her or something because she like just kind of shows up like most of the way through the movie and becomes it seems like they're gonna make her like a primary bad guy where she's got this great fight scene with her, but he lets her live and like you know she's coming back and it's like, okay, is it you know, is she gonna become like this big boss character? And then she's dispatched not even by our hero. Well, I it's like just, that. I like that the, the the hotel has has these rules, and they really, really enforce the rules. Yeah, I kind of like, like that, that too. Concept, but I, I, if you're going to make a big bad guy, I think I feel like you want to see your hero dispatch that bad person. I guess, but I I feel like he dispatched enough people, and also, look, you can't. It's like a it's like Chekhov's gun, man. He can't bring Ian McShane in at the beginning and not have him show up again. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> but I did I did feel like it was kind of a in a way, I wish that character had lived because she was an awesome character. She would have been mm-hmm. great for a sequel, yes. yes and I agree absolutely. with you also, David. There should have been more backstory on her, maybe. But in, on the other hand, it's kind of cool that she just like showed up and like she's another assassin. There's no exposition on that. Which yeah, is... I like the, that there's not more of a backstory. There's just that you always were oh, – no, what did he say? He said, I thought you wouldn't come out come out for less than $2 million or something like that. And I, I, I liked it that there's little tidbits of her character, but you don't get everything. Yeah. Oh, don't, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't necessarily mean I wanted more backstory on her. I just wanted her to be more of a character. More fleshed out. Yeah. Oh, more. Yeah. Just more in the movie. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. She was really good. Um, I, well, I, also... I guess what I'm saying is she, it felt like when they used her, she felt like they were setting her up to be this very important character. Yes. But then she kind of ultimately kind of really wasn't. No, right. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree with that. I, but I, 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 I still love that Ian McShane, McShane scene. Mm-hmm. Your your membership has been, what did it say, has been uh, by your, I forget, rejected by your own hand or something like that. It was great. Uh, there was some, I'm sorry, there was some great dialogue all throughout. That was another thing to to, to touch upon. Like One of my favorite, it's, it's when... Um, the, the Michael Knifekos character, the the Russian boxer, when he when it first happens, and he calls up Keanu Reeves' character, <laughs> he's pleading with him, and, he, and we're just hearing, you know, you know that side. We're in the conversation. And he's like, you know, it's a shame this happened, and you know, maybe there's something we can do. We can talk about this, and Keanu's not say, saying anything at all, no response, and finally he just hangs up the phone. And the lawyer guy says, "What did he say?" He said, "Enough." Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was great. Well, <laughs> That's a, a thing about this movie, too, that I felt like it's almost like a send up of action movies, but it's not trying to be like it's not trying to be meta or anything like it doesn't take itself too seriously, which I loved because um, like it still is an action movie and it uses a lot of the tropes, but it's just more fun about it than most action movies, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's smart, which it helps tremendously. It's yes. not just the revenge. It's it's smart about it. Yes. Yeah, and it does a good job of of giving you the information in small doses, but hinting at it before you get that information, which I think helps the story a lot. Like you, when you first see Keanu Reeves' character, there's no hint that he's an assassin, but you know there's something going on, and then and then you know he's an assassin pretty quickly, fairly mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, it moves. It definitely moves along, and I also like that you don't know 
or at least I didn't know if Willem Dafoe's actually trying to kill him or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until until the end of the second act, really. Yeah, even after the he gives that kind of warning shot to let him know that uh, Miss Perkins is is coming in, and even after that, you're still not really sure. Right. Right. It's not what not his motivations he are. Has a bag over his head that that's clear. Well, yeah. yeah, and and you know Willem Dafoe is perfect for that because he can always go either way on on anything. Mm-hmm. You never know what that motherfucker's thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know it's hard to just, it's hard to talk about because so much of it is action sequences. Uh, but it's worth watching for those alone. I'm excited. There's a sequel coming. Yeah, me too. Next year. Well, I think like we've entered a. I hate to say it. I hate to use this phrase, but like a golden age of action movies with this and Mad Max. I'm, I'm hoping there's more along these lines coming. Agreed. I mean, you're still going to have your, your Marvel movies, which are going to be Marvel movies always. But um, but Marvel TV shows have, are better than the movies, in my opinion. We've talked about that before. Um, yeah, it's just things are getting... They're finally doing things right. I feel like, or doing things for adults and not just 13-year-olds. It's an interesting point about Marvel, the TV shows being better than the movies. I, I think, I'd never thought about that, but it's probably because you want them to be character pieces, so you want a longer time to kind of develop these heroes. Yeah, well, that's definitely a part of it. You you definitely get the time, I mean, it's like reading a, a single character comic book you know issue to issue you definitely get the sense of the character and time with them but they're also um not trying to appeal to um 12 year olds in china you know what i mean like the movies have to as much they, they mm-hmm. can be darker and they can actually cuss and stuff like real people would do in these situations right i don't think that's the only i think it's more about having more time i i mean being darker in itself is not enough I I have th- always thought that Spider-Man would be a much. They make the movies, and some of the movies are good. Most of them so far, well, not most. A lot of them are bad, but he is much more better suited for an episodic format. So I would I w- I wish there was a way that there could be an episodic Spider-Man because his his stories don't shine as well in in one big story because his his bad guys just don't. They're not like world devours they're just little guys and so i think certain characters work better in that format for sure like daredevil is a much better episodic character than than batman or superman even though the latest movie doesn't seem to be that good but i think a part of it is the dark that they're able to curse and stuff but i think a lot more is that they're able to go more in depth into the characters oh if only i'd mentioned that 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 was a selling point yeah shame on me pat (laughs) gee sorry Ah. Wow, what did I step into? <laughs> I don't know what I stepped in. Welcome to the last episode of <laughs> Culture Continuum. No, I, but I do, I do, it's definitely like the longer story arcs work because that's how comics work. I mean, the, mm-hmm. in comics, you know, there used to be, especially back in like the 70s, there were just one-off issues a lot, but I think that's right, that the movies especially something like the Avengers where you have to cram so many characters into, into a movie. Um, you don't, it's not really about the characters as much. Well, but that first Avengers movie is very, I don't know if you liked it, but that was a very good movie. It was fine. I, I don't know. That's how I feel about all of them. You know, they're fine. Um, I haven't seen Deadpool yet. That has the precious cursing you love so much. So maybe you'll like it. Maybe, maybe I will. Is there full frontal male nudity? Because I know I'll like that. 
if it's Danny DeVito. Wait, does he, he play, is the star. Does he play the penguin in Deadpool? All right. Anyway, uh, do you, do you guys see the, the Samantha B where she she talked to all the the Bernie supporters? I don't know why you keep asking me if I've seen Samantha Full B frontal. when you know I don't have With cable. No, I have it streaming. Anyways, one of the Bernie supporters had a had a Bernie Sanders tattoo, and she asked him what what she would do if, when Bernie Sanders wasn't popular anymore. And she's like, I could always turn into Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I would think Einstein maybe, but you know who knows? Threw a mustache on there frizz out his hair no. a little more uh, uh that's dude why would you get a bernie sanders tattoo though i mean she's I, a she's a big supporter but man yeah i guess when you have the cho- still when you have the choice between like ryan gosling or bernie sanders it's a little weird well to it's get not a like a, it's just like a, a it's it's not a lifelike drawing of them it's just like kind of a relief Oh, okay. So it could be anybody, really. It could be Dan DeVito. All right. Point made. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Do you guys have anything else to say about this movie? It's, I know we didn't talk about it much, but it's just awesome. I, I felt it was a super fun and uh, and yeah, I, I just fun. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, did you we see are... it in the theater? What? David, did you, what? did you see it in the theater? Did either of you guys see it in the theater? I no. did not, unfortunately. first time I saw it was on an airplane. <laughs> oh wow that's the best way to see it yeah because yeah. Keanu Reeves movies you can watch in the airplanes because there's nothing to take out since there's no curse words yeah he doesn't allow cursing in his films I think I don't think this was it wasn't the I don't think it was an edited version maybe it was because I think it was one of those it's one of those air, airplane you know you get the seat front thing and you get to pick your movies I'm not sure they were edited they're usually but not they, in those situations I feel like but yeah it's only when it's like the the general public is all sharing the they, do, right. do planes even have that anymore where the, the there's a movie for the entire plane? No, not that I've seen. Yeah. Maybe some of the really cheap budget ones. Yeah, they, I know, they don't have anything. <laughs> I know. They don't even have T V or anything. It's just like yeah. you watch their airplane channel. Right. Um Did you see it in the theaters, Pat? No, I I didn't see it till much later. Yeah, same here. I didn't even I mean it, it was probably a thing where I saw an ad and I was like, oh, God, a Keanu Reeves action movie. <laughs> um, well, I remember it getting good buzz when it was at, when it was out. I just don't it's just it never really. Yeah, that's what made me want to see it was was all the reviews and stuff were saying how great it was. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Keanu, keep making movies. I don't care what anybody says. Here, here. Make 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 uh, uh, Bill and Ted three. I think it's supposedly. In the yeah. yeah, supposedly it's happening. Yeah, he was. Just, he just did the. Uh, I didn't watch it, but Alex Winter is that the other Bill and Ted guy? Yeah, yeah. Directed a documentary about, I think about the deep web, or or maybe it was about the the guy that I forget his name, the, the Bitcoin guy Coin that got dude. yeah busted for for I forget selling drugs or whatever. Anyway, he did a documentary about that, and Keanu Reeves did the the narration. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Although Keanu Reeves as a narrator, I know I'd like to hear that. That might work <laughs> actually. All right, I guess it's time to move on to recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians. Uh, David, we'll let you go first, I guess. All right. Um, so earlier this week, I was fortunate enough to to get a ticket to go see a little show here in LA 
at the Largo Theater. It was Eric Idle being interviewed by Jeff Garland and his memories of, uh, <clears throat> of excuse me, of Marty Feldman. Oh, uh, neat. Really, really neat. It was really fun. It was very funny. You know, it's always a pleasure to see Eric Idle talk. And, you know, they show some, some Marty Feldman clips. And I guess it was all promoting Marty Feldman has a recently published autobiography. I guess they found the manuscript for it in his attic. And they published it pretty much as is with photos. I, I'm not all the way through it. I'm, I'm maybe a quarter of the way through it. But it's as you would expect a Marty Feldman autobiography to be. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's It's strange. But he's, you know, he he's got this wife who he, he clearly absolutely loves, and it's like, oh, it's almost like a love letter to her. Uh, so, you know, again, I'm not very far into it, so it may end up being not recommendable, bull. But so far, it, and it's called I Marty I Y I Marty. <laughs> Why, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you, you get it, you get it. So, but it's, it, no. um, I recommend it. I if can't imagine at all of Marty Feldman. I can't imagine it's going to take a turn for the terrible. Like that doesn't doesn't seem like the Feldman way. I, I was a little afraid that you were recommending something we couldn't go see. Go see this <laughs> so Eric Idle show. You go half- the show I saw last week. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> That's, I didn't even know Eric Idle had worked with Marty Feldman. I'm li- like, yeah, they, they had a couple things. Uh, they had he had they had Marty Feldman was doing a show. He was a writer on it. Like Mar- apparently Marty Feldman. I didn't know someone. Marty Feldman was known before. He was famous before Python. Like he had had his own show. He'd been on other shows. He'd been a writer for other shows and they had shared credits. Oh, and yeah. And then I, I guess he was, Idol was in Yellowbeard, Marty Feldman's last movie, which was not very good. <laughs> well, uh, anybody under the age of 40 can ignore David's recommendation. I think it's safe to say. I didn't know Marty Feldman had anything to do with Monty Python. No, he didn't. Did, not to no, replace him. Oh, I thought you said Eric Idle was famous before Python. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Marty Feldman was famous before. Um. All right, Pat. What do you have? Oh, I will. I'm just finishing up a dystopian novel from P.D. James called The Children of Men, and it's really good. Wait, a dystopian novel? That seems novel. I just said novel twice, but see, I use it in a different way. Wait, P.D. James isn't that a mystery writer? Is she? I believe so, yeah. Oh. Anyway, Children of Men is not mystery. It's future, a future where uh, no children are born. Wait, so this is they, what the movie, the movie was based on? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. I've never seen the movie. Uh, it's got some excellent uh, long shots. I mean, I don't know if that's what you call them, but David? Are you talking long in length or long distance? Long in length. Ah, like in season, like in True Detective season one, where they're you know going. Oh, like yeah, like single take shots. Yeah, single take. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, a lot, some really long single take shots that are impressive. Like rope. Rope, with uh, Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, Pat. Yeah, but I'll say yes, like that. Um, I, man, I'm gonna recommend with reservations. Uh, oh, that's great. This movie, oh. well, this movie called The Invitation because it had problems, but overall I thought it was good. Um, it was very disturbing, which is usually not like something recommendable, but it worked in this instance. Um, I had a problem with the ending and uh, 
but that despite that i would say it's worth seeing and it's not worth even knowing anything about it before you see it uh this is in the theaters now it's on vod now and uh you know you can so if you have that uh i think you can also you know you can rent it from amazon which is what we did um and i think also maybe in theaters now so yeah it was interesting also i'm going to recommend even though i haven't seen it uh keanu just based on the trailer because it the trailer is really funny yeah when you said you were recommending with reservations, I was really hoping you were recommending the 80s, 80s show about waiters in a high-class Los Angeles restaurant. Oh, uh, It's a Living? We, we got it made? Oh, no, wait, you're no. right, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, It's a Living. No, Waiters. This is called With Reservations. It was Waiters. Oh, not Waitresses. Uh. Gotcha. No, sorry. Maybe next time. No, I have not, I have not seen Keanu. David? I want to, though. No. No? Okay. Yeah. Have okay. you seen the trailer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Everyone should at least watch the trailer because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, Keanu does the voice of the cat in it. <laughs> in like a dream or drug sequence or something. Um, really? Seriously? I, that's what I heard, yeah. I don't know if it's I've, true. Well, in research for John Wick, I was looking what he's, his like his IMDb said that he's in that as a voiceover. So nice. it makes sense. <laughs> All right, and I, I'm, I'm guessing they named a Keanu based on John Wick. That I have to think. I know, because it's about a cat. Um, all right, Pat. Uh, thank. Oh, thanks for coming on, David. I wanted to say. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, yeah. thanks for asking. It's me. always fun. Great. Uh, uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Rate us highly on iTunes and like us on Facebook. But most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Yes. Yeah. The, even if they're a stankin' ass. They can listen. We'll allow it. And uh, we don't know what we're doing next week, but uh, we'll figure it out. It'll probably be something well, short. What? I'd like to say, hopefully nobody else dies and you don't have to do any more memorial shows. Oh, my God. That was a terrible episode, too. I didn't even listen to it. I was, when we were recording, I was like, so off my game. Um, yeah, I know. Hopefully nobody else dies. I mean, unless it's Sting. That's all right. He's had a good life. Lots of tantric sex. It would take him like 24 hours to die. I know. That last breath just drawn out for over a 24-hour period. You know, he made some great music, and then he made some really shitty music uh, after he left his band. But we'll see. We'll see if Sting's dead this time next week. Uh, Hopefully not. Until then, Bono? Now, I actually don't want Bono to die either. Uh, until then. I'd like, it to, I'd like it for no one to die so the world yeah. can finally overpopulate. Yeah, me too. I'm with Pat. Even Sting. I'm sorry. No, I know Sting. You can keep going, Sting. Phil Collins. Hey, you're doing reissues of your albums. You can keep going too. Um, until next time. Oh, David Crosby, you can die. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.